Hello and welcome to another edition of Open All Hours, a QPR podcast. We we're kind of going to start tonight in a kind of a, yay, we're top of the league and we haven't got a manager, but we're top of the league and we've still got a manager, which is very strange and wonderful. But hey, I didn't expect that. Um, yeah, first manager we would have had poached, if memory serves you right, since Jim Smith as well. So that just shows you how long it's been since anyone actually wanted one of our managers. But hey, he's staying. And we're now going to have an interesting podcast talking about Luton and the game last night, and our manager, and um, up yours rules. Anyway, joining <laughs> me is um, Paul Stokes, who's back again after a wee absence. All right, Paul? Good evening, how you doing? Not too bad, yourself? I'm fine, thank you, yeah. I'm liking the wee headphones, I can just see wee blue things, that look, they look like, kind of like earrings from the 80s. Yeah, they, they're, my, uh, they're my cyber headphones, yeah. I like them, I like them. Uh, Jim Freeland's back, ex-QPR employee, ex-Wembley employee. What are you doing now, Jim? Uh, consulting on venues large and small. I like it, I like it. And we've got a new debut from Sean McGurn, who's a singer-songwriter and also is uh, trained, retrained during COVID as a hairdresser. Barbara, delete as appropriate. <laughs> Hello, mate. How are you? Not too bad. Welcome, Sean. We just had a lovely debate about all things from music and never meeting your heroes in case they turn into tosses. But anyway, we've, we've gone past that. And um, yeah, we'll stop. Obviously, we want to talk about the manager and everything else, but we're going to start at Luton because I went there on Saturday. Did anyone else go there Saturday? Has anyone else been there recently? No, I no, watched you, it, but I didn't go down. You haven't missed much. Do you know what? It's getting to this stage, Jim, where I'm, I'm convinced that you do everything in the... I don't know. Am I, I know I'm paranoid. Right, because everyone does actually hit me. I know this, but the turn out was really loud. Getting into the ground's a joke. Going down that wee alleyway, everything about it is horrible. But during the game, every time we had an attack, they'd make a public announcement really loud as well, and it's just ridiculous. And that we chipmunk, this our manager, jumped up and down the sidelines. And here's another thing: if a manager enters the field, is that not illegal? Yeah, he stood there for 19 minutes. You know them pathetic boxes are were there at the yeah. side. So he stand there on the pitch for about now. And the referee didn't pick up on it once, which I thought was weird. But um, yeah, Luton was a terrible day, a terrible result, and um, just a terrible place to go to. And it's finished. On to yesterday. <laughs> Did I cover that well, by the way? Because I was going to might have left something out. Uh, good by me, mate. Sounded good to me. Well, there's no point talking about the game, is there? Because we were dire. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of I mean, I guess the only thing to say is it's how shame for Jimmy Dunn, obviously friend of the podcast, and to get injured in by your own goalkeeper is always a, it's never a good a good thing, is it? So, but so well, hopefully just, we wish him that to be fit as as soon as possible. Really, so. that reminded me with time with Matthew Rose and Chris Day. If you remember that one, that was. That was what went through my head straight away, thinking, oh, God. But no, I thought, and, and very classy of Luton as well, to say, job done with a picture of an injured player. Excellent, Luton. Stay classy, stay with it, and stay, stay wonderful. This is what I mean. They're trying to, they don't help, do they? Like, I know I'm a foreigner, right? But ever since I've been going to the Rangers, which is early 80s, getting on quite old now, there's always been this hatred of Luton. And then you turn around to people and say, so 
where, where did this start? The people older than me and they all scratch out. Well, I don't know, really. I mean, there was that thing in the TV with Keen's Cross when they were chasing down with shopping trolleys and there was this. But no one knows where it comes from. But look and do whatever they can to make the rivalry just get worse and worse and worse. And, you know, putting that on your website, Luton, not classy, not, not, not nice at all. And, Did you um, see the video? They put something out about Dunn celebrating after the game, but then apparently it was after he got loads of stick last year when he was got loads of grief when he was injured anyway. But surely, Jim, you're allowed to celebrate winning at someone else's ground. I mean, I know Nathan Jones doesn't like doing it, unless it's, of course, the same when he can go to Cardiff or whatever and jump into the crowd or Swansea or whatever he feels like and celebrate like a, a mad banshee. But he doesn't like it when anyone else does it. Now, you know, we haven't got that book, that rule book. It, it just seems weird because I I seen, like, I was there last season, and I seen what Jimmy Dunn did. They gave him loads of shite. We won. He gave it back to them. It was no more, no less than that. And we do it to the players, and you've got to take it on the chin. You're going to give someone grief, and they win. They're going to give it back to you, and and that's reality. Yeah. I, I don't think he overdid the... The winning thing. I just think they're a small-minded bunch of arseholes. <laughs> Again, I, I quite like fans giving players stick, and I quite like players giving it back to fans. It's fun as long as at the end of it all, you know, there's a cheeky wink and a wave or whatever, and it's like you know, it's not taken too far. I, I just I come at it from a, a different perspective with the whole social media bounce thing, where. There's this whole culture of like, oh, admin roasted him. or oh, admin, you're the best and all that stuff. And I'm like, it's, it's interesting because I, when I was at the club like, like 20 years ago, a long time ago, you probably wanted to communicate with a bit more character. But actually, now I look at it and I, it's just a bit cringe, isn't it? It's just a bit, I don't know. It doesn't sit comfortably with me. So, but we do it. So if we dish it out, we've got to take it. Yeah, but I'd like to think Paul Morris eating the check and others. I don't think they would. I think if a player goes off injured, you're going to so they realised the mistake, didn't they? Yeah, but he still did it. Yeah. Well, it's like it's like feeling it's like it's like feeling an arsonist, doesn't it? Yeah, but it, it, it's like being an arsonist and bringing some water and going, I didn't really start the fire, I threw some water on it quickly and got rid of it. You know, it's to me it was dumb. I mean, it's not a big thing, it's just a dumb thing. It's just yeah, and, and a little it's bit silly. It seems an odd thing for a professional manager who's just won a team who has apparently been some sort of bogey team to him to be drawing attention to. I mean, it's like, if, you know, what A, if I was in, in the Luton manager's shoes, I probably wouldn't draw attention to the fact that he hadn't beaten us in how many games or whatever. I mean, there was this whole thing about we, the first time Luton have beaten Rangers in 16 years. It's like, we didn't play him for most of that period. So it's not like the, the, the big, why build it up in your own head? And the other thing I, I found what was quite funny, just in terms of just the sort of weirdness about it, in terms of I don't, you know, I don't begrudge Luton having a bit of fun and and that, but it's more the manager's comments. Is that I watched it on the red button on Sky, and all you could hear through the match above everything else was was Nathan Jones swearing like a trooper and, and occasionally shouting Tyler Roberts' name out in a very very Welsh accent, and it was just like. It's just, it, I don't know, there's just something about it. It's like, if you want, if you, I remember there was a thing when uh, Brighton were looking for a manager and the Athletic went, possible people who could take over at Brighton, and he was a name. And, and the, all the comments under it were just like, what? You know, the guy, and, he, and I think he did, does himself no favours by doing that because I think whether you'll be taken seriously by other clubs and going forward, you don't, you don't help yourself. So that's the only thing I found bizarre about the whole situation. You know, whatever they want to do on socials, we do it, they do it. But just, if you're the manager of a football team, just 
get on with it. You know, don't don't be, don't draw attention to a player who celebrated a season before. It seems very odd. Well, just don't celebrate against his team unless he can celebrate, of course. So we're covered, Luton. And by the way, if the Luton bar, I kid you not, Jim, you've worked in football, right? I went downstairs. I couldn't get cider anywhere. So I thought, I'll go to the Luton bar. Because you, you're burned to get cider at Luton. You're burned to at any bar. No, 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 no. You go down there. It's like, it was like a tuck shop. Literally a tuck shop. And there's a wee kid in front of us who brought like a Morris bar. And on the Morris bar, the chocolate was actually white. Yeah. And I don't remember like, there being a bar there. I just remember the loo in someone's side of someone's house that's tiny and everyone weeds in the sinks as a result. Yeah. And in the garden, if they can. But they put panels up nice so you can't. But in the old days... <laughs> <it's> just... <laughs> <laughs> so you got, they got you go downstairs, you go into the wee tuck shop. Once you're, you, you know, it's one of them things like, when are you guys moving ground? Oh, yeah, they are. They're getting that's a new season. stadium off the ground. You'll miss it when it's gone, Paul. Yeah. No... I thought Luton, to be fair to them, as badly as we are, I thought Luton were, look, look, don't look a bad team, despite the sort of different start nah. of the season. Paul to be fair, you know, I think, I think they've probably done us a favour long term because, you know, they've sort of, we've been exposed to a different style of football, a more direct couple of strikers. I think, you know, in terms of an experience of dealing with that, as disappointing as the result was and the performance was under par by us. I think, you know, they, they were a decent team and we'll definitely learn from that game. So well, fair play to Luton. They look good. That is, they, they totally deserved it, Sean. Don't you think? You know, you watched it as well. I think yeah. they deserved to win. We have no moans, but just mourn about them for ten minutes. He says, but you know what I mean. We can't win you by the result. They, they, they barred us. Yeah, well, I thought it was shocking. Um, literally shocking. The worst we've been this season. But I guess, like, I mean, I was, I lost, <laughs> I was fuming on the day. No, of course, but. I, I wasn't sort of surprised really because and I wasn't surprised with the way, you know, uh, the, the social media directors acted. I wasn't surprised with the way Nathan Jones acted because it's, it's all, I kind of think that like, like why not? Do you know what I mean? That's, that, that's what you got. Do you know I mean, if you, all we can play is direct football, you know, there's no point in trying to pass us off the pitch, go direct. Do you know what I mean? And that, and if Nathan, same with Nathan Jones, he reminds me of someone like, you know, um, like a Joey Barton or someone like that, you know, like what they lack in talent, they make up for in self-confidence, whether that's, you know, earned or not is I'm sure up for debate, but like, it, I wasn't surprised with any of it, mate. Like, I, I, was, I was dreading before the game because I thought, I thought we could come unstuck. Um, and then when we did, it, the only thing that frustrated me about that game is that, the one characteristic I think of us this season is that we've been um, resilient and I think our resilience just, I just, I think we just lost the bottle a little bit. We weren't, we were knackered. We looked knackered and um, we, we weren't quite up to the fight. And sometimes you have to sort of meet like, especially in the championship, you can't, you can't play, you know, beautiful football all the time. Sometimes you do need to, you know, play with your elbows out. And I, and I, and I think we, I think they just met them. Um, they were too much of a match for us on, on that day. As having said that, I fully expect us to beat them 4-0, 3 or 4-0 at home. And um, and then everything will be great. Then I'm sure, what is it? Is his name Andy Watkins, isn't it? I'm sure he can think of something funny to uh, post on Twitter. <laughs> but you know the weird thing is, I knew it was going to go wrong when I read that they hadn't beat us in 21 this and this and so many years. And <laughs> I remember walking to the ground going, you know, I just read that and it's like, we've always said this, haven't we? It's like your man hasn't scored in 45 years. 
he's been dreadful. You know he's going to get a hat trick. They haven't beat us in a hundred yeah. years. You know they're going to beat us. It's one of them ones. But moving on, there was mm-hmm. there was Saturday, and then there was last night. Now I didn't make last night because I'm kind of had to self-contain myself because I've got kind of COVID again. So I didn't want to risk giving it to anybody else because it's shade. Not as bad as the first time when I got it from my daughter. This time I got it from my wife. So there's <laughs> a you know, this this family loves making me ill, but never mind. So I'll be back Saturday. But I, I watched it on the um the QPR player thing legally. Yeah. Anyway, I watched it on that and the performance was night and day. I mean, Tim was like, everything that he did wrong Saturday, he put right last night. But the whole way I'm watching the game, I don't know what you guys are thinking. I'm just thinking, well, this is shit, isn't it? You know, this is this is just typical. This is this is ah, oh, this is a nightmare. This is what you it's like this is what you could have. Cause the whole atmosphere seemed to be what did you think, Jim? Did you did you have the same sort of feeling? Like it's freaking Cardiff for tanking them three 0 Yeah, during I think after the game it really was like that. I think during the game it wasn't too bad until I think Q Block had the bright idea of seeing Mick Bill give us a wave and got blanked, and then that, that rather sort of <laughs> <laughs> writing was a bit on the wall at that point. Um, but I think it, it was all right. First half actually, we were battering them, and I remember a few of the lads in P Block sort of turned and said, "We've got to score now." You know, because if we don't score when we're battering them, then you know we've we've seen that story, haven't we? Yeah. Um, so, and and I guess it was the fact that the ref. I mean, I said at the time, what not a sending off, not a penalty. No, um, neither. Yeah, and you know, it's just annoying because you can't choose when you get your luck and it evens out. But you know, it's it's gifted us a game that we would have. I felt like if we'd scored, we would we would have gone on to win. I agree. Because, we we just looked at it and, and up for it. Um, so and I think the ref won us that game, and we probably didn't need it. Um, but you know we were we were good. We were we they had a couple of good shots from distance where we didn't really pick them up outside the box, and they were good shots and quite close. But it looked like they were there to be run at, and Armstrong did that brilliantly. And that it just yeah. showed sometimes that for all the guff about you know academy training and skills and blah blah blah. Yeah, a big, quick, direct striker scares the crap out of defenders. Exactly. Yeah, and what do you and it wasn't a pen, but is that kind of run is just fantastic to see. Yeah, but he put that in the referee's mind, and sometimes that's just as good as I mean, personally, yeah. straight away I could tell it wasn't a pen. And the red card came out, I went, Well, that's even better. Normally yeah. is it not a penalty, but the donor player, but normally that goes against us. So I'm thinking if he misses this pen, we're gonna lose. Obviously. Thanks, he knocks it in. Absolutely superb. What do you think, Paul, last night? No, I thought in real time it was a penalty, actually. And I wouldn't, I, I've <laughs> oh, not really? seen it again. But I did actually see it at the time. I didn't think it was a sending off. I, th- I, th- I did think he did. I thought there was a bit of pulling as well. So, I mean... What was your angle know. on it, Paul? I mean, I'm in, I'm on the, on, in the stand bowl stand. So, I'm, I'm just... I, I literally level where it roughly happened. But obviously, okay. it was on the other side of the pitch. So, But to me, in the real time, I thought, oh, that's a penalty. Um and a stupid penalty to concede because the ball head was just about to run away and the goalkeeper probably would have claimed it. So it did seem that sort of classic, uh, you know, defender over exuberance to me. But, you know, I don't know. I'd have to see it again. I haven't seen it again. I, really, weirdly, I I actually came away from that game and certainly the first 20 minutes of that thinking there's no way Mick Bill's going to leave Queen's Park Rangers because those guys are not playing like a team whose manager 
is about to leave. They just were playing like you've got the sense that he said to them, like, look, I'm staying, lads, don't worry about it. They played with like the opposite to Luton. They really, you know, having um, Stephanie Hansen back in midfield made a big difference, really. Added some guile and some sort of, you know, we weren't as open as we were, I thought, Luton. And, they, and, the, and the first half an hour, I mean, I agree with you. I had the sort of feeling of like, if we don't score now, we, we could see us losing this 1 0. And then from there on in, I mean, I don't remember a more comfortable, obviously, even against 10 men. You know, often 10 men are harder to play because they'll, they'll all go back. I don't remember a more comfortable evening at Loftus Road. It was, it was, it was glorious. And, 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 the, and it was all the way through the game. I didn't really, and, you know, it was only then this morning when, you know, the rumours were circulating, all these stories about, oh, he's definitely gone and all this sort of stuff. I came away from that game last night thinking that is a team where the manager said, don't worry, I'm, 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 you know, I'm here, I'm staying. And, and certainly a lot of what he said post match made me think, oh, Actually, he sounds like the sort of guy. He's not overly keen on this 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 job offer. Should it come when it comes? So, yeah, I, I, I came away last night and was just like, "What what a glorious night for QPR!" Which which obviously then when I woke up this morning was like, "Oh my god, it's going to all go terribly wrong because that's normally what happens." And you know, I'm now sitting here on the evening after it with with, with him there going, "Oh god, we'll probably get beat by Wigan, won't we?" But um, <laughs> you know, that that's that's the keep that's the QPR fan way. But you know, I, I thought we were, we were great. We played really well. Everyone knew what they were doing. I think the, you know the fact Armstrong could come in and slot into that system. You know, we won without Willock. We finally scored a goal from open play in the loft end this season, which. You know, I think we've had two penalties up to that point, and then suddenly we, we scored a goal, a beautiful uh, cross from chair and a tap in for um for, for Lyndon Dykes. Yeah, I, th- I was so happy last night at the end of that match, but yeah, this morning was like you know when it was all on Sky News and this person's tweeting, this journalist that tweeting, thinking, oh god, here we go, it's it's it is good, it's the worst thing's going to happen. So I'm, I'm shocked to be sitting here tonight, going, you know, we've we've got the manager we want, and he's you know, and he's sticking and he said all the right things this afternoon it's amazing it's very on QPR I I can confirm it because I was texting Paul going no I've heard he's gone English talk he's gone but I don't do rumours I don't post things up because I I hate in the know people I'm not in the know at all I just read it you hear things I don't hear from people inside the club you hear oh god this is going to happen so you read things and that's why I don't post rumours because I was completely and utterly dumbfounded when he, he did the right thing instead of this because I, read a tweet, I tweeted the other day, you know, he, he didn't rush to take our job when he had many other offers. He, he pondered it. He thought about it logically. There was talking about Glasgow Rangers being invested in him. If this doesn't work out with the guy they've got, and you've got Villa with Gerard, if that doesn't work out, you kind of think, okay, maybe he's thinking long term. But maybe, to be fair to him, he sees something at Rangers that he wants to start middle and finish off. And then he feels that he can go with a better reputation because at the end of the day, 14 games top of the league everyone goes well do you know what that's not much yes it is because this QPR side should not be top of the flipping league with all the will in the world the money that we spent the you know the resources that we have the facilities that we have compared to the Premier League parachute money all that shenanigans and everything else so I'm not surprised other than looking at him I'm just pleased he's staying to at least take us to the end of the season and we'll see. But it also means as well that the fans are going to be putting a really good and interesting thing. Please don't boo if the game doesn't go our way. Don't give anyone any crap because that would just lose all good field good now. He's, 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 you know, don't go, don't go. If we were obviously bottom the table and Lincoln came in from, like, you know what, you can go, mate. It's, it's absolutely fine. So it works two ways now. And I think he's got a, a lovely relationship with the QPR fans. And I, I do think that we will allow him the dodgy Christmas and New Year that we have with everybody else, we t- tend to get the Irish people 
I think he will he will now get a Bible and that as he should do. And, and what a statement though, Sean, to, to for someone to actually want to stay with us and take the money in the premiership. And what did you think of last night? Uh, yeah, hundred percent, mate. I've, I've, last night was just, um, as Stacey said, was just a joy, wasn't it? It was so good. There is, it was almost like I, I just, I thought our recovery was unbelievable in terms of like every time we pressed, we looked dangerous and we lose possession, and it, you know, like you, you, you wouldn't bother me because I was like, oh, we'll have it back. Give it another fifteen seconds or attack again, probably the score then. And watch it like the work rate of. One thing that I think, because I think Ilias Chair has been amazing this season. I yeah. think his, his his role's different. And his like athleticism and his willingness to do the dirty work in the final third is like, is nuts. And then Lyndon Dykes, to be fair, Dykes has always been like that. I think that's, he's probably, um, his goal scoring record's probably suffered actually because he, he's a grafter and he does he does the dirty work he don't care you know he tries to win headers he does come back he does defend um, but yeah like from watching last night it was sort of like it, I, I couldn't see much going wrong Ethan Laird has been um, has been unbelievable he also cracked me up when um, when who was it I can't remember it might have been which it sounds like something Johansson do I think Johansson went through someone the fella was kicking off and like Ethan Laird goes over to see him like waving his hands at his face and that. I was yeah, like, that was actually funny. I thought it was just brilliant because there's another another thing like that I like, like specifically, I guess, about this is leading on to uh, Mick Bill staying is the sort of characters that have been brought in. So Ethan Laird, for instance, I don't think I've seen that geezer not smile once. He's smiling yeah. constantly. You know, and, and it's infectious. And I was watching the game with my um with my girlfriend last night, and uh, she uh, I think this might have been I think that's the first game she's watched this season, and she was going like who like who's that guy who who's like who's the guy who's always laughing and I you know it was just sort of like it's so noticeable that he's so happy and then you've got players like Kenneth Powell, who I think is just he took a couple of games to get going and now you just. Like his goal yesterday, no way on earth he meant to score that. I'll take it all day long. I'll take it all day long. You think so? Yeah, hundred percent, mate. He's going. He's trying. He's doing his best to get that back to Lyndon Dykes, as a wing back should be doing. Do you know? In a wing back in that position, you should be trying to find a striker. But um, you know, I, I think that was a that was a beautifully placed header. I think yeah. we did he meant it, Sean. Yeah, <laughs> with, a, with the best will in the world, I um, I would be inclined to disagree with you. But <laughs> you, you, you can you can see the shock with his face, couldn't you? He's going to be like, oh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'll take that all day long. I meant that, yeah. But they're the best ones, though. But then, um, we'll which are. is is what what leads me on to basically. At least trying. Hundred percent, mate. And this is the thing with um, that's just been so good about Mick Bill for me. I think like when he first come in. And I was watching, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't know much about him if I'm, if I'm honest, prior to his arrival. And like, I was watching the first few interviews, and I, I, like, I gotta be honest, I was like, Jesus Christ, someone needs to give this fella a personality. Like, this is, it's, this is hard work. And then they started releasing, what I, is it all area access all areas or whatever they do? And I was watching how animated he was on the, on the training, on the training pitch. And I was just like, Gee, it's like, you know, it's couldn't be further from from who I thought he was. And as it's developed, like I was saying earlier about the characters, I think this is something that's so important for a club like QPR because we don't have the budget 
the other teams have in the league. So yeah. the, the the thing we need, if we're going to have any success, is a tight unit and a tight playing staff. And we had that last season, I think. I think we had that. That was one of the best things about last season until we went tits up, obviously. But then this season now, it's younger, younger players who are, you know, they're not, they're not on massive, massive wages, but they're all enjoying it. They're all having a laugh. And I think like, I, I don't know about uh, for, for you guys as well, but like for me, that's just, it's infectious. I, I can't sort of, I can't get enough of it. Do you know what I mean? And I, and I want to be involved in it. I want to watch every game. And um and I'm looking forward to to going up and, and seeing us hopefully smash Wigan this weekend. Oh, well, that's it. Done and dusted then. We're going for a nil-nil draw. Do we have a prediction early? <laughs> He's killed it. He's uh, absolutely killed it. No, uh, you, you're right, though. I mean, James, you've worked at a football club. You know what? You know, you see things we don't see. Do you know what I mean? But I'm looking at these players and they're, they're enjoying it. And it's just so nice to see players playing football who are enjoying it, whether you win, lose, or draw. Because it's a special thing. I know you're saying it, but, but I think players are too mediatory and they're told, don't say this, don't say that, because it'll come on social media. Your life will be in misery and you get trolled for life. Whereas a real person, they don't come through. But yeah, Jim, it's they seem to be enjoying themselves, don't they? But they do, and I think that's genuine. I, th- I think actually that they seem quite relaxed. Like you look at the sort of relationship that this chair has with the media staff and the fans. Yeah, yeah. you know, it seems genuine and it yeah. seems real, and that's good because that's the culture that's been created first with Warburton and now with Beale. So, and, and I think Sean made a number of excellent points, which you know I was quiet for a long time thinking, yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree. But it, the the point A about chair being improved this season is incredibly valid, and it's yeah. one of those real reasons where you look at that and you say he's improved even the good players, you know, yeah. and that's why it was so important to keep him, not just other players, and even Steffi Hansen, who you know yeah. after after Charlton and the midfield got a rocket for that game, and and he's had to learn to earn his place and up his work rate. You know, so it does seem like there's a relaxed atmosphere around the club and it does seem like it's genuine and I don't think you can fake that. I do think that's important um, because it does allow you to punch above your weight salary-wise because there's a massive correlation between the size of your wage but and where you finish. And the only way to get around that is to have really good team spirit and a manager who's a bit innovative and to go for it, you know, and that's what we're doing. And, And what that means is it's still, we might be top, but let's be fair, it's much harder for us to get promoted than it is other people. Oh, God, yeah. That, you know, and we all need to recognise that. And like you say, when, when we have a bad run, don't lose our shit. But it's the rare, it's a rare situation with last night where we've all come out of it well, which is really rare at QPR. Because you look at it and you say, well, <laughs> Dave Max has written a good article about Beal strengthening his position massively. And people are saying, oh, he'll have asked for this and that. And you're like, he probably doesn't even, it's probably in such a good position. He probably didn't even need guarantees because yeah. they now know going into, you know, the winter that, uh, and the next transfer window, you've got to back him. You yeah. just, you've got to back him. And, and we've got real needs in the squad. But yeah, it, it's the kind of thing that just gets, uh, to be honest, our, our, our ownership have been pretty good anyway. We're, more, we're limited by FFP um, and they, they fund their losses. So credit to them. But it kind of, credit to them for that. Credit to them for, sticking by him credit to Beal credit to Les and Lee Hughes for a brilliant choice of manager in the summer which has been proven right you know in the way that we're playing and then in the fact that a Premier League team wants him already um, credit to Beal yeah. um, credit to him for learning Portuguese and going and coaching abroad because I think that was the real clincher for Wolves the fact they've got so many Portuguese players and and 
you know, it's great for the players. It's great for the fans. The only people I think who come out of it badly was anyone who lost their shit online yesterday. You know, yeah. started <laughs> yeah. coating, coating people off or, or really losing the plot when we didn't know what was going to happen. You know, it's a classic yeah. lesson there of just wait and see and, and don't spread rumours, like you say. Well, you're asking people to associate, and I'm terrible, but I mean, even I don't get involved in that. I mean, we don't know if he had a left, there's no one would have blamed him, but he stayed, which is brilliant. But, if, you know, you know, when a, even a club that's struggling will say, look, we'll give you six million quid if you keep us up, we'll give you this salary, we'll do this. And the thing about Bill is he knows players. Like, with the players that he's brought in the Rangers, he, when he was on the podcast at the time, he was just coming out of names, you know, when they were 13, when they were 15, you remember them here, and He's like an encyclopedia of players, and Ilias Cher said it last week as well. And you think to yourself, he's just a football obsessive. I don't think mm. he's in a rush, which suits us. Also, really? I think he knows. He knows he's got ambitions, and I'm maybe going, you know, because Wolves is an enticing prospect. They're not. They're not one of the three worst squads in the Premier League. There are, there no. are probably six so. worst squads in Wolves minimum. And so it's enticing, easy prospect. I think he's a man who backs his ambition. To go, that I actually, I, I see. I think McBill. I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up managing at some point when you know, like like Venables went from Queens Park Rangers to Barcelona. That kind of, oh wow, that kind of manager. Not necessarily the next job. You know, maybe he'll go to a West Ham or something, and then it'll be. The, I wouldn't be surprised if in five, ten years' time we'll be going. You see that guy? He was manager of Queens Park Rangers. And we're like, was he? Wow, it's amazing. You know, he's, he's just won the thought? European Cup. And I think, I yeah. think what what's really interesting about him is a lot of that. Ability and you, and you see it with the best manager. You see it with 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 you know the, the big names in management. It's the relationship with players because that we have we got to a point now in football where players have so much power, so much money, and so many age, agents. And you've got a man who can you, the way he talks to his players, the way he seems to interact with them, the way he always you know. I know I know he's a classic name dropper. Oh, I used to train that guy who we're playing this week, but he obviously has a great person. He's a great man manager, and I think had he left Rangers midway through, I mean, a that's not who he is, and b that might have tarnished that part of his of his thing. So I think he's a sensible man who's just gone, yeah, I'm not going to go. I've, I've, I've built a relationship with squad. I've made these guys commitments when I signed them, when I convinced them to come on loan, whatever. And I think you look ahead and you, you just go, how great, as much as you wouldn't have made this situation up, how great is it going to be for those players in the next part of the season where he's turned down the Premier League to continue to work with them? I mean, you've got to be sitting there in that dressing room now going, Hey, he's serious. This guy's absolutely deadly serious about this football club and this squad of players. He's turned down. He's turned down. You know, trebling his money probably. I mean, and that's that. As I say, you wouldn't you wouldn't have engineered the situation. But what an amazing thing to be in that dressing room now. You know, as, as much as the QPR way will be to, to blow it against Wigan, it doesn't matter. The, over the rest <laughs> of the season, it's going to be a great dressing room to be in. I think. So I I think you, you, you've you've touched on something, Paul, that I'm going to take to the grave when. Bill takes Northern Ireland to the World Cup semi-finals. <laughs> we could all say we were there in his first match at Crawley. I like, yeah. I like what you. Yep, yeah, I, I like what you're thinking. Yeah, you're I, right. I mean, but you know what? There's a social media now. Can you imagine when Venables did go to Barca? If there was social media now, like, well, that's not loyalty for you, is it? I mean, Venables <laughs> go from QPR to Barcelona. I mean, what does he see in Barcelona? He can't do a QPR. I remember getting the Irish to see him and going the Arsenal and thinking, why is he doing that? Because to us, we look at it internally and we're like, well, we're as good as Arsenal. We, we beat them that season. We could do this, that and the other. And he's not in a rush. He's he's thinking things through. And, you know, what, whatever happens, even if he leaves it in the season, he's given us a boost. You know, because we can... My, my friend uh, who I go to games with, Ted Kessler, who's a 
It's been why paper cuts is out now if you're interested. But he always said, he has this theory, and I think he's 100% right, is that QPR always benefits from a manager who uses QPR, not uses, but for QPR as a stepping stone upwards. When we get the big That's managers right. coming down, it never works. When we get no. the sort of like thing, and, and, and you know, you look at the managers who've done well from QPR and moved on, and, and Bill is in that, that position exactly right now. Someone who can only enhance their reputation and they're yeah. standing in the game at QPR. And we wish him well. We're just glad he isn't, you know, Tonight we're wishing him well. We can wish him well in like four seasons time when we he's got us in the the Europa Conference or whatever. Because well, that, the last manager who left was, of course, Jim Smith, who took Kevin Brock with him. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Holloway get tapped up by Leicester? He did. Yeah. yeah. He, he he. That's what he got put on gardening leave for it because he went and take yeah. him. They put him yeah. on gardening leave. But I that's remember. when the club was insane, though. Yeah. 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 J- just um. Just stand on Stokes' point then as, as well. And you just what... ruined it, Jim, as well. Forgot about that. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> um, about uh, about what your, your pal was saying, that was a thing I was thinking today after I stopped doing cartwheels um, when I found out <laughs> he was staying. That I was like, a lot of... we. I think as QPR fans... We, we sort of we ex, we expect things things to go wrong as they so often have for us. So, but I was like, I sat in the chair. I was like, why why would he leave QPR? We we are his current where he's at forty two years old. The manager he is. We are the perfect criteria for that man at this stage of his career because he has come from youth football and he has done brilliantly. And all those players he coached at youth football are now twenty two. 23 years old a lot of them dropping out of the game or dropping down the leagues who have you know um who have something to offer or something to develop so I was kind of sat there at work early and I was thinking hang on like I'm glad he's here don't get me wrong but like we should, there should be some sort of uh you know there should still be some sort of pride in the fact that we are a club that can offer you know a manager like that something you know something worth staying for because I think I think it's interesting like he, you know like you were saying about him when he's on the podcast really enough names and names and who he's training stuff this is his market you know and it's like when you um if you if you're thinking like to go to move to a Premier League um move to Wolves for instance right is Kenneth Powell gonna get in that team maybe is he gonna get signed by that team definitely not they're not going. He's not going to be pursued. He's why? Why would you? Do you know what I mean? So for me, he's sort of the way he's been able to develop players and give players uh, platforms uh, is because he's got our platform. It's because we've taken him on. So I think like as 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 much as I rate him and I'm really doing as much as I'm so so delighted he's staying. I also think. You know, it's it's us as well. It's well, not us four particularly, but um, it's the club. Do you know what I mean? The club are are in a position now after a long time where we are ready to kick on and we are ready to take a few gambles. He's made nine signings, spent no money. Do you know what I mean? That but that's that is that is amazing. He is he is unbelievable. We're top of the league. You know, if fourteen games in or not, we're top of the league. It's insane. But the game at hand. With a game in hand, yeah, you're right. But we, you know, that, that it's not it's not just one man, is it? That 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 you know puts you in that position. And I think like we're, I guess we're just quite fortunate that we all support the club that you know can facilitate 
a, a man like that coming in. And I, I'm, I'm just, mate, I'm just loving it. <laughs> loving it. it? Shows we're attractive, though, doesn't it? Exactly. Like, we were attractive in the summer. And that's credit again to, to Les Ferdinand and Lee Hughes and the owners because they've made us attractive because we've taken our medicine. Um, but we are attractive as a club. And so if he had left, we were still a good proposition to people. And your point is extremely valid that we're a good place for him to learn. And yeah. you picked up earlier on his communication style in the media. He could do that better. Like he can be yeah. better at communicating. He's good. He's honest. Yeah. And you know, his analysis of things is spot on. He's just not that dynamic. And similar to sort of Ted, Ted's theory is right about, you know, it's right for every player. You want your club to be a step up for people. It's why signing Jose Basigua was always a terrible signing or Yishang Park or anywhere. Because if you're not a step up for people, and that's true of all of our signings, even Ray Wilkins, for whom you could say we were a step down, but we were like a swan song for him. We were still a platform to him to live in London, prove that it's not just the Scottish League. Do you know what I mean? So every player who's done well at QPR and every manager, it's been a step up for them. And we're all right with that as a fan base. But, you know, Beale's been smart here because, A, he's remarkably confident, um, as Dave Mack and others have said. But secondly, he's going to get more leeway and he's going to be able to make mistakes. But he's got to learn. Like, he's got to go on a losing run and learn how to fix that with players and learn how to communicate to a fan base. Learning that in the Premier League with Wolves would have been incredibly tough. Yeah. So, you know, it's a smart choice from that perspective because he'll develop more and he'll get more slack with us because we're, frankly, profoundly grateful he's still around. <laughs> you know what? But you know what, Jim, you're quite right. I don't you think, Paul? But the, the trouble is, in modern football, another reason not to like it is that people don't think beyond the next five minutes. So you can you imagine someone doing a job like Bill coming in, doing, oh, do you know what? Will's going to give me how much? And they're going to give me how much you're going to do this? And gonna... But then they don't work again because their reputation is ruined. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? What do you think, Paul? I think if he'd left and gone to Wolves, it would have been totally understandable. It's, it's a decent squad. It's underperforming. Why is it underperforming is obviously the question. And yeah, if he if he hadn't pulled it out and they got relegated and we were playing them next season, having left your previous club after 14 games and you'd, you'd got the sack by the notoriously fickle owners, would you have... Where would you have restarted your managerial career? I think, you know, he, he's, I mean, the thing is, I love the way he speaks about football. I mean, he, I, you know, the, he's obviously someone that understands football and I think understands the industry of football as well. As well. Yeah, and yeah. I think he, he knew that, that it was like, I've got to be, if I take this, this is not the right job at the right time for me. I mean, he said as much himself. I mean, he's, he's a, he understands what he's doing. And I think, it, in a way, it kind of says a lot about how football's covered now, isn't it? The fact that, you know, once, once the once the big tweeting accounts and the, the rolling news came in saying, "Oh yeah, this is happening," it was almost like it's almost the shock that it didn't happen. Whereas actually, there was never really any contact till today. And then he said, "No, you know, we are." In the, it shows you just more, I think, about the communications around football. And I, I can understand why that happens. I mean, football is a, it's a weird business where it does a lot of its signalling and communication via the media in public. You know, just testing out possible transfers, that kind of thing. And you can see why the in the no culture has developed around that because you know a lot of these rumors do prove to be true sometimes and so it was interesting today that what should have been just the kind of walls ringing up oh, just really no okay see you later has become like the biggest football story of the day where it probably shouldn't have been really i mean but it was, you know, so he's, he's a smart football. guy it was so modern football that's what was so depressing about it that if he had gone there it was like the epitome of modern football it was just how shit football can be now that a manager 15 games into somewhere where he should be perfect, like Sean says, would have been prepared to give it all up just because it's the Premier League. Like that, that, that is so modern football and why it was so deflating walking away from the ground last night because it 
it felt like it shouldn't happen by old school football rules, but it felt like it was going to happen by modern football rules. And it would have been, felt really shitty and sordid if it had. Yeah. Which leads us nicely on to Wigan. <laughs> I mean, <coughs> you know, what the fuck do we do now? You know, it's, it's, it's one of their weird, bizarre scenarios that Rangers are kind of like looking at going like, we've got nothing to lose. I mean, there was a couple of things last night going back to game. I, I, I know I do this all the time. I apologise because I mentioned Wigan, but I just thought in my head. Some of the movement being between the fullbacks was amazing, but also the cross-field passes that Cho was doing with Ethan were just... Oh. And then the, the, there was another one where Lyndon Dykes was just an inch too late and he would do slid in again and got behind the keeper and stuff. And you think, the football's not bad. It's not bad at all. And this is why you go to football. And that will build a crowd. And that will build a ground and hopefully give us resources. But also, I didn't realise this, we get money for players in the World Cup. So if Morocco don't play idiots chair, we should get on to them. Because my fear is, actually, I'm in two minds about this. Because I, I believe the World Cup could be interesting for chair Because he's, he's talented. There's no two ways about it. But on the other hand, do we really want him to get that much exposure? because he is a quality player. So do we want him on the bench or do we want him on the pitch? Playing. Playing. Every, every time, because he had such a depressing time last time he went away with them. Well, they yeah. asked him for the next half of the season. We want him coming back buzzing and believing in himself. Because one thing Bill's got him doing is believing a bit more in himself and yeah. working harder. And the reason Dykes is scoring a few more goals, and Chair and Dykes used to have a massive disconnect, but they're connecting a lot better now. Because Chair, instead of dawdling on the ball, is getting his head up and playing some brilliant early passes. That ball through that, that Dykes got onto the bar was what Dykes' yeah. brilliant <laughs> early movement. And if you wait on the ball and delay it and delay it and delay it, it's hard for any striker, but it's really hard for Dykes. Dykes is good if you pass it early. And we singularly failed to do that for a long time. And then we did that last night and he got we got goals from it and he hit the bar as well. So, you know, that, that goal where they combined was a lovely cross and a lovely move with Laird. And then the, the ball through from Chair with the early ball was brilliant. But yeah, with the World Cup, you want Chair playing. You want him you want him to get a profile because he's one that's going to be harder to sell in the long run than Willock because Willock is so obviously brilliant. Chair, it takes a manager to look at him and believe in him a bit more, but he's a talent and he's ultimately someone we're going to want to sell or go up with. So we've got yeah. to have him in the shop window. The only one of the few negatives at the minute and, and it's a good thing in terms of culture and getting players believing, you know, they, they're earning the shirt at the minute, which is generally a good thing. But from a business perspective, you've got Liam Balligan playing ahead of Rob Dickey. And that is bad business when we need Doc Dickey in the shop window and we need Dickey to go for money at some point. So, you know, if we believe that he's worth it as a, as a sort of Premier League candidate type that defender. So, you know, it's, you want your players playing and getting visible and then, Hey, it's like this week has been a brilliant problem to have. Turning, turning, you know, dealing with your manager being poached by someone else is a hell of a lot better than being on your fourth manager for the year and having to appoint Paul Hart. <laughs> why, did, why? Why? What? 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 No, 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 Jim, I'm not having this. We're having a nice conversation. It's free flowing. <laughs> it's very. Oh, it's going lovely. And you mentioned Paul Hart. I mean. <laughs> You're twisted. There's something deeply wrong with you. I just, 
<laughs> Paul, note to self, we won't have more for a few more months now because he just ruined his little, you know, his <laughs> Paul Hart. Do you remember that? Oh, Paul, how many right backs? I mean, to be fair, Paul Hart was ahead of his time. Is it Bristol City or Bristol? We were playing no, yes. today and we brought on about 15 left backs, which obviously Gareth, <laughs> is Gareth Southgate's plan to win the World Cup. So, I mean, Paul Hart might have been a visionary. We never know. We'll never yeah, find out. Irish man, I say, what's a World Cup? But, um, <laughs> I think, do you know what? It's funny because at the end of the day, you, you say that, but I do remember I wasn't overly excited about Paul Hart and I wasn't let down either. Um, it was... You didn't get your hopes up. Uh, whereas De Canio, I knew absolutely nothing about, but oh. by the end, by he left, I was like, do you know what? I'll fucking have him again. Oh, Amazing. We some lovely football with him, didn't we? Yeah, it's a fair fact. I think that's the thing with players, and you can see with Peter as well, he's getting them believing in themselves. He's like saying, do you know what? You hear, we hear all these horror stories, don't you? Especially these days of, of, of parents with kids screaming at them, you're never going to make it if you do this, you're never going to do this. And kids stop and join football. And you can see it. He's up, we've seen in QPR team, let's be honest, the three of us, we've watched Rangers team who are paralysed by their own fear. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Whereas, yes, you, you, you'd feel breaking through, you're breaking up play, moving it along, doing what it does well. You, Everyone's trying to play the ball, you know, Run, running with it, moving it, taking the players on, and I want, I much prefer that because football is a simple, simple game, but it's 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 a very mental game as well. And I'm just, and if we can bring that all through from the youth, all the way through the club, just bloody enjoy it, because they're so lucky to play football. I think sometimes I forget it because you meet players who don't want to talk about football. Jim, you've you've been there, you've met them. They don't have an interest. They're just very good at it. Whereas I think with with Beale and the way the club are going, they want people to know. Ilias Churn now, they want to talk about 24 hours, they want to watch 24 hours, because it, it's a livelihood. It's like a musician. If you want to be the best guitarist in the world, you want to be the best drummer. You just don't do it, and then think, that's it, I'm switching off now. Again, yeah. modern football. Does that make sense, Sean? Do you know what I mean? Like You've, you've got to enjoy it to, to believe in it. Yeah, I completely agree. I think, like, as well, um, you know, that that, that is... It, it's, it's like it's literally like anything like any job do you know what I mean if you go to work you know whether it's stacking shells or whatever it is if you're happy to be there you're going to do a better job isn't you? Like it's, it's just it's just the way that we're, we're, we're wired as humans but I think like a, a, a thing um, just on, on the, the point of village chair as well last season chair used to get right on my tits when he came and picked the ball up deep and then just sort of you know like look from side to side like that um that uh clip from was it John Travolta in Pulp Fiction when he comes out and he's just looking around sort of in he's doing my head in now I'd love it when he comes deep because you've got field Tim um Irabungan I hope yeah. I pronounced that right. It's a tough, that's a minefield, that one, isn't it? But um, you've got this players like... My brain sniffs a minefield. Carry on. Yeah. <laughs> you've got, um, yeah, so players players like Tim, um, like uh, uh, Field, who, who's game, um, not so much Tim, obviously he's new to us this year, but Field, he, Field pushing forward is unbelievable. Like he, he's just, he's like, he mops everything up in our defensive third and he's always there supporting ready to collect the ball in the on the edge of the final third and I think like now we're playing and Ilias Chair is particularly playing because he's so lively for 90 minutes as well that's mm. that's another thing 90 minutes he's lively you know and it's not like we've had players like Adele to rap before who who's probably the best player I've ever seen in a in a QPR shirt and 
you know, he was, he played 90 minute match. You wouldn't have known he was there for 80, 88 minutes, but in a two minute spell, he's beaten four players, put it in the top corner and taken his top off. And you're like, oh, that that's a lasting image, which isn't a great image if I'm being honest. However, Ilias Chair is completely um, his top off. I, I was up for him scoring. I just didn't want to see his tits. You got but, it, Sean. Um, You're grand. I, I was just checking. I saw you like looking up, and I was like, oh, I might need to explain that. Um, but no, uh, I'm, I'm looking up because I'm, I'm actually trouble with me being me. I, I, I memorize things and try and think of the image you're portraying. And you're right. Carry yeah. on. But um, but yeah. So so going back to, to what Jim was saying as well about a uh, chair and a shop window in a World Cup for me, mate. He's got to be there. He's got to be there from a selfish point, a QPR selfish point of view for him to come back confident. But also, you know, he is an asset and it would, I think I'd be sad the day he goes, it, it will be a very sad day. But exactly as Jim said, Willock's an easy sell because he's he is quite obviously phenomenal. Um, Chair, however, needs to be needs to be on on a platform i think and you know like we've seen it before haven't we with like massive players like uh, was it james rodriguez when he went to the world cup for colombia and then signed for real madrid no one knew he was prior to the tournament you know um i'm not saying that's gonna happen with Ilias chair but you know if he comes back and plays like james rodriguez did for for um for colombia in that tournament i'll take it for the rest of the season 100 percent but you know the weird thing about we we did this on last week we did in the podcast and one thing that came through the whole podcast was how much he loves Rangers and how much it means to him. And when you think he hasn't come through the ranks, we got him, we brought him into the club, but he's 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 absorbed, he's sponged a lot up. And then you think, and as he comes back, Ilias loves a club, Willock loves a club, and to me, that's that's almost as important as developing your players is developing them with a passion. That they don't forget where they came from. That you know, as he still comes back and watches Rangers, and I'm sure yeah. Elliot was as well. Whereas you get people who couldn't wait to get out the flipping door, and quite frankly, we were opening the door for them. Yeah, and you know, so it goes back to your point, Paul, about people enjoying playing football. I mean, and that's the thing. Yeah. All those players have played at a time when being in a QPR team has been looks like it's been a lot of fun, as opposed to the Paul Hart here. <laughs> <laughs> like seriously, the next person who mentioned Paul Hart is getting a two-year ban. <laughs> and that includes me. So I'm not going to fall into that trap. They're going, oh, who was that fella with Sosa? No, I'm not going down that one. That's a, to get up early that. that's a really interesting point you you were making, actually, Paul, about um about the likes of how how great like grateful they are, you know, for their opportunity. When, you know, I mean, how many interviews are there out on the internet now of past players, past mercenaries we've had? And they're, you know will happily discuss the money we were paying them. And, you know, <laughs> like, well, yeah, he, he's a, he's a great example. Do you know what I mean? And uh, obviously that was, that was Premier League football. Well, for some of it anyway, but like, I, I would love to, I would love to see the stats of the wage bills, the difference between the two yeah. of, of, of not, not even just collectively on uh, position, position by position I'd love to see what Lyndon Dykes was on you know versus the likes of Gibral Cisse or Loic Remy or you know um like Ethan Laird versus or Aussie Kakai even you know who versus uh Bossingwa and the likes of those because um it, it that's that's a really interesting point that I hadn't really considered to now because I, I guess you have to love it you have to that's a proof that you you know yeah. or at least a supporting argument that you have to love love what you're doing and who you're doing it for or even appreciate to get the it best yeah 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 appreciate I mean, had, it would be a better word 
No, I'm, I'm listen. The day I stop correcting people in English and trying to work out this language is a is a very bad day for this country. I can tell you. But I remember. I mean, listen, we've all been here. There's even in short history, you'd like um, says, "Oh, wandering around in a Chelsea shirt and doing this." Like, where people should yeah. be saying, "Like, listen, mate, you, you don't do that. This is QPR." Yeah. Whereas yeah. now, I think that not only are they getting it, they're enjoying it. I mean, you know, the, oh, it's probably helped by the standing. It's 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 just a lovely fibre range at the moment, and it would just be the most ranges thing if it all went absolutely pear shaped, and you got a massive. I mean, I put a tweet up last night saying that you know, hello, luck, kick me in the arse, kick me back down the hill again, because we're we're so used to going to the top of that hill. And get, do you remember the QE? Jesus, oh, it's showing me age now, but I remember we did that QED program when we were top of the league and uh, working with Dean Cody. The sports scientist, yeah, yeah, sports psychologist, yeah. yeah, Liverpool away, wasn't it? Four fucking nil. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely tanked. And you're kind of like, and, yeah, and that was the most QPR thing. And it always happens to us, 76, you know, they played 10 days later. Things that never happened to anybody else always happened to us. So going back to the whole scenario is you're fully expecting this podcast to be the most depressing chin on the floor podcast ever, if, but, and maybes, and we'll never know. To like being, Jesus Christ, you know, if we can, if we can stay here till February, and somehow keep within that top seven, then Bill's not only outperformed, but he's worked a bloody miracle. Um, but at the same time, we've got to realise that we won't be top of the league all season. But it's nice, but it may not... Because, you know, the big guys are going to come in in January and just bust the scores and do this, that and the other. But it's nice. It's also nice to see what for the wrong end of the table. I am so enjoying that. You know, <laughs> when we were doing that thing of playing what for the friendlies, I wasn't happy. You know, it's one of them things. It's Watford, mate. We're not playing them with friendlies. Behave yourself. And now they're struggling because that's the club we don't want to be. This revolving door of managers. You want stability. You want you want a plan. You want the... And it's been done for years, tried and tested. Youth, um, B team, or on-21s it is, whatever, on-23s. First team playing the same way. They all know each other. So they all come in. And it's simple, really. And, it, and he's doing it simply. Anyway... We're going to make this the longest podcast ever and possibly the happiest, which means that most people who listen to this podcast who are, don't want to get happy will be raging with us at this stage. So we're going to go to ours end. Jim, I'm going to go to you because, quite frankly, you're an angry cyclist. I've read your tweets. My, my it, ours end. Have you, by the way, Jim, have you got any messages to drivers? Because I'm a van driver. And I don't actually mind cyclists, and I think maybe I'm weird. No, I think just, everyone's just people with people on bikes. It's all fine. Thank you. I don't think cyclists are that bad. I, I read these things. I never see it myself. Okay. So the thing that a football a football fan <laughs> should understand is cyclists get put in an out group, and when you get put in an out group in culture, you're easy to victimise, and that's oh. what legitimately happens, like religiously in places like you know certain newspapers that I won't mention, um, and they do that because they don't get any money from advertising from the bike industry. So, uh, you know, so therefore let's all let's all victimise cyclists and get everyone in cars. And the one thing we know is that cars don't work in cities. They just don't. There's not a city in the world that works around cars. So that's why I get angry about it. I don't get angry. I'm just more like, I don't get why everyone doesn't see that bikes are the answer in cities. Which is why, obviously, the cyclists have now decided to get sponsored by Shell to make it so much easier. Anyway, yeah, there we are. That was now a my, PR that, that is an R's end, but um, I, I just want to praise Sam Field. 
because I think that the man is just an absolute genius. My favourite moment last night was when he pushed two of our own players out of the way to go and tackle someone in front of the, uh, the Stan Bowles stand and totally owned the bloke, just walked over. It's like, get out of the way, that's here. You know, tackled the player, took the ball, sorted it all out. And then another moment was, that was hilarious was when um, uh, Taylor Richards was like trying to like praise him for something he did for a corner. And then Field straight away was like bollocking him for giving the ball away and like going, no, I'm not having it like that. And we're just like, you are a leader of men. That man is absolute class. And my only worry is that we've got no one to replace him in the squad. No, that's yeah. true. Also, apparently... Someone at West Brom lost their job over Sam Field. Because, I mean, to let a player like that go as part of a loan agreement where he, he didn't even quite clock up enough games, apparently. I mean, surely someone at West Brom should have lost their job over the fact that we signed Sam Field from. Particularly that we're still in, they were still in the same division as us. I, I, it blows my mind that he plays for us. He's such a good player. Someone who can yeah. tackle and pass and read a game at championship level, if not beyond. How, how have we got him? It's amazing. Who was their manager then? Village? Yes. Yes, I think it might have been. Because it's still hard. Because you know the other thing about um, Beale, he's 11th longest surf manager now in the championship. And come the, come the, <laughs> come the World Cup, he might be top three. You don't know, do you? Sorry, Paul. But yes, that, that's a bit. Field has been an absolute gem, I find. And it's like, again, showing age. It's like that Barker, Dawes, Neil scenario. You don't realise how good they are until they leave. And I think that's the thing with Field. He's such a good player. And he, he freaking enjoys it. He enjoys wrecking other teams' days. I love that. And <laughs> the shit history he does as well. He's just, ah, uh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. He's another one that could go higher. Um, next, I'm going to go to Sean. Now, you can use your RZN to promote an album or a book, or um, I don't know, are you doing some like Jack and Ori stories or something like um, your man did from Spurs? No, I need to. The album's not out till next year, so I'll push that then. But um, I'd say my RZN is just some, it's something. Doing gigs? Uh, not to not tour until next year to the album campaign. So. Some music is music's boring anyway. Football, though. However, I, I just I want to end on something that um that a uh, realization that I, I had today because uh, much like we've discussed throughout this podcast after the game yesterday, buzzing with a result. Yet this oh like sort of lingering doom about what may potentially <laughs> happen to us. Um, and then the elation today when we found out we were keeping hold of him. So my R's end is what I think every single QPR fan I've ever met in my life, you know, and most people in the world could probably do remembering is just to enjoy it when it's good and just try and make the most of it as it's happening because it could all go tits up so quickly as it often has done. But um, making the most of it, mate, enjoying it while you've got a chance because um, I fucking loved last night. I thought it was unbelievable. And I loved it today as well. I was at work today, right? I was cutting some geezer's hair and another barber's client ran up to our shop floor to shout me over and say that Bill had uh, had rejected walls. I stopped the haircut I was doing. There's this bloke, he's got no idea, doesn't doesn't care who Mick Bill is, doesn't even care what football is. And I've got my phone out. He's there with half a haircut. And I was like, no internet connection, trying to like, you know, airplane mode on and off. 
took that took far too long to um to get the the sky app up and to um to see to see that we'd stayed and um so for me that's 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 the big one enjoy it enjoy it as it's happening because it's uh because it feels good so has your man got a big r in the back of his head yeah he has yeah yeah he's got mick bill's blue and white army uh, in italic I'm, I'm, a, I'm a very good barber you see <laughs> oh yeah I, I don't need one Bald anyway Paul actually my bob was a freaking Millwall fan that's another story Paul it's time I mean I could promote an album my partner works um, at Rough Trade and they're, re- they're releasing uh, the 20th anniversary would you believe of the uh, Libertines debut tomorrow the 21st Pete Doherty really 20 years yeah Pete Doherty is still very interested in Queen's Park Rangers I met him last year um, around actually where we started when we were playing Luton at home and he was, he's still very, very interested. But um, I suppose that's vicarious. I can't really pick that as my art's end. Um, as we've got a musician with us tonight who, as he, as he says, has got a record coming out, I, I'm just going to repeat my call for all the players that don't have chants that need them. You know, we've got better, actually. I think, you know, the chair's got a chant now. We're look, you know, it's, it's got better, Lyndon Dykes, all that kind of thing. I kind of feel we need, after today, some kind of Mick Bill chant that's more than just Mick Bill's Blue Army, some sort of reference to you know internet speculation and the walls or whatever and um and sam field who we're just talking definitely yeah. needs a chance and and you know it's I'm, so yeah any time i come on it i just think one of the things i i, I noticed years and years ago a friend of mine took me to a, a you know away game in europe for a champions league game for one of the clubs and and and, and you can see how chance gets spread around because people from different parts of the stadiums meet up at those games they chat and they go oh yeah i've got this chant and that's it and we don't obviously have that as much so i will always just say if you've got a good chant, just try it. You know, just just let's because because for so long we had terrible, terrible chants of the same players. As I say, it's getting better. But and, and as and as we have a musician with us, so my challenge to you, Sean, is come up with some chants for us, please. Absolutely. Do I get royalties on it as well? Jeez, oh, I think it. I think it has to be you fair usage. Typical <laughs> musician. Uh, you come on a yeah. podcast. You're doing the good for the club. So, like, <laughs> you know, there's a living to be made here. Yeah. I, I, we'll ring up Paul Morrissey and we'll have a word. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, mean, I mean, the thing is, the trouble is with players' chances, they're all the same, aren't they? Liverpool, Man U, City, Rangers, Bristol City, whatever. It's nice to have different ones. The pass of Dutchie on the left-hand side should be a good chance. Yeah. You know, it should take off, but no one ever sings it. We, we mean, got a Leon Balogun one going in P-block last night to um, uh, Brown Girl in the Ring. Just doing Leon Balogun to that, so that what, just wait for that on Saturday. We'll do it again. I've always said, Paul. I don't. I don't. Without wanting to tell you how to run your podcast, I've always said you should do a one-off start the season or mid. Maybe you could do it in the uh, in the in the close season we have when the World Cup's on. Do your pop idol thing where get people sending their chants, and you could be the Simon Cowell, and you could say, <laughs> "Yeah, that's good." But I, you know, just get everyone to send them in. Let's have a podcast, just one show of like, yeah. "What about this? What about this?" Because because that's how this stuff. Because if somebody starts it on in, in in the loft, and that you know, people in B block aren't going to hear it, and it's let, let's let's rather than harness the power of the internet to uh, make up rumors about um, who's off in January, <laughs> let's let's have harness the power of the internet to make up. Really cheesy chance to pop songs and uh, but but have them about Sam Field. Okay, so I've got to find a pair of jeans I don't wear with a belt. I've got to get Botox and <laughs> a thirty-year-old wife. Right. Okay. All all before the World Cup. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Right. Now I like that. We, you know what? We could do that, and I think we could get Sean on 
and yourself and Ted Kessler and another couple of musicians. Jim, you know a bit about music. We can make this work. <laughs> don't don't do that, Jim. It's, it sounds it looks like you're disinterested. I think Paul <laughs> Paul has hit a nail on the head, and Sean's coming in on this whether he likes it or not. Um, there's a lot of people in the QPR fan base who know a lot more about music than I do, not least Ted and Paul. What about Mick Jones? Now, there is a man that knows a tune. You should get yeah. Zylo on to do one as well. Who? Zylo. The one, the, oh, yeah. The, the, yeah which, which, and then, you know, we get promoted and we'll, we'll promote a night at Shepherd's Bush Empire. Is that how you pronounce it? Zylo, of course. The trouble being dyslexic, you read these things, you think, I just have the exeosa. Emily <laughs> Capel, uh, I did. I did the podcast years ago with Emily Capel. She was on. Get her back. Yeah, Emily Capel as well. Yeah. Uh, yeah. In fact, let, let's make it. Let's go one up. Let's let's make the most of our West London music industry uh, you know what I'm gonna, as a club. Do, let's get musicians to send in. Charles, forget the amateurs. Know, get the musicians. To send do you know what I'm going to do? Do you know what I'm going to do, Paul? Do you know what we should do during the World Cup? We should get the current scepter and get a few people in there with a guitar and and go for this. Because they got the gold bones as well, the QPR fans. Yeah. yeah Chili Ch- Jessup, he used to be in the uh, Palmer Bites, he's now gone silo. He's, he's a QPR fan. Former, Come on, let's do it. Yeah. We had a former Sex Pistol. You've yeah. had him on yeah. this, haven't you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Marvel, yeah. 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 Oh, Christ, it could be like could do dance tunes with Wall of Sound because the Mark Jones was a massive Rangers fan who runs that label. So instead of stars, you're right, stars in your hoops. <laughs> nah. you can see Stars, why I, yeah. you, can, you can see why I drive a van can't yeah. you it was, going so, it, it was going so well up until then and then it just ruined it yeah yeah right. there will be no chance <laughs> but I, I do agree about the new songs and some and anyone who's still listening who hasn't applied for therapy at this stage thank you for staying with us we will be finished soon and you will get your normal day back um, they've probably gone to the Wigan game by this point, haven't they? <laughs> <laughs> they're probably they're probably halfway to Norwich. Um, you know. Anyway, moving on. So my R's end is quite simple, and that is thank you, Mick Bill. We are allowed to dream, and that's my R's wow. end. So going on to Wigan. Well, we all know it's going to go fucking mad, and it? it's just going to go wrong, and it. I mean, it's just like <laughs> why change happened to a lifetime. Sean, prediction, Wigan. I'm going 3-1 Rangers. Are you doing Saturday? I am, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good man, we'll have a paint. Yeah, Sam, I'll give you a shout. Good man. Sound, forgive the pun. Um, <laughs> back to chance. Paul. Um, I know a Wigan fan who I hadn't seen in years until about two weeks ago. So I imagine we're going to be amazing, but just not score at that vital time and they're going to win 1-0. Uh, there's a long we kept our manager. <laughs> there's a there's a long standing QPR fan if I've ever met one. Something's uh, got to go wrong this week, surely. Anything else? Anything else, Paul? Are you happy with that? Just we're gonna lose one nil. I think so. Sadly. Okay. Go on, Jim. I think a nervy one nil to us. Um it won't be the game that we're all hoping it will be. But um yeah, and, and don't forget we're still without Willock, that's what made the recent run really good. Is that Dykes has stepped up, chairs stepped up, and we're still without our best player. So there's rumours he might be back, but it's probably midweek, right? So yeah, yeah they might be a bit so, yeah. Nervy one nil. Yeah, excellent. Right, 
with that in mind, and before we go, I want to ask Jim uh, a work question. I do apologise for missing you. There's talk of ranges again. I don't know if you heard this in the fans' form with the Linford Christie sites or being maybe long grass or whatever, long fingered, whatever the buzzwords they have, of us getting hold of the school. Why would that make a difference to capacity to someone who's as daft as I am? Would they have to turn the ground round? Would we be able to put more? What's the, what's the reasoning behind that, do you think? Well, I don't think that's the answer because I remember Simon Crane, the CEO, when I first joined the club, had plans worked up to build on the school and it was ridiculous. It was like it was worse than crew for like one stand being miles bigger than the rest. Right. Um, and it wouldn't, it just, it would be so hard to address all of the issues you've got at Rangers with one stand. I, I just don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't think that's the answer. Although the, the interesting bit to me would be if you could shut South Africa Road and build on it, it might work. And, you know, if you'd asked that question 10 years ago, I think everyone would have been like, are you mad? That's a key strategic route. But these days, I think people are a bit more chilled about the idea of shutting roads. So, you know, only if you can redevelop South Africa and build on the school would it be worthwhile? But you've got to have such deep pockets to do it and you're still going to be left with the problem on the other half of the ground. So, Could um, you tunnel South Africa Road? Say again? Could you tunnel South Africa Road? Like, you know... Yeah, but it'd be pointless and expensive and bad from a counter-terrorism point of view as well because that would just be silly. So you're best okay. off diverting it and building on it and, you know, just... Yeah, so I, yeah, I think... Look, we've got really limited scope to do anything at Loftus Road short of doing two sides of the ground, moving the pitch, then making the other stands bigger as well. And that is difficult and expensive and it's hard building in London. So I think the, it would be a dream if we were able to do that, but it'd take very deep pockets and be very difficult to do. Excellent. I thought we'd end the podcast on a happy <laughs> yeah. note. Um, There's a bucket of cold water for everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's like, for those who dare to dream and get happy, you're welcome. Right. <laughs> well, it's true. You might as well end it that way. Sean, a magnificent debut, if I may say so. Thank you for having me, mate. You, you, were, you were more Paul Wright than Gus Caesar. <laughs> um, Paul, it's always a pleasure to have you on, big man. And um, yeah, good to see you. And um, sorry for that big hug I gave you after the Millwall match. I was drunk. <laughs> and <laughs> I do, but I'm just pleased it was you. Because it could be so random. <laughs> and um, Jim, welcome back. And um, yeah, thanks for that. I was I was quite excited about what we could do with the grind, but you've just ruined that little bit of the segment of the show. But never mind. And um, yeah, and thank you, dear listeners, for staying with us. And um, yeah, let's get on to Saturday, get three more points, and crack on with the season and enjoy it. Remember, when it get, the going gets tough, we get behind Bill. Thanks for listening. This has been Open All Ours. Thank you. Hold up. 